0: some big questions for the future of a Linden Area organic dairy farm and it's all about water the dairy farm on the banks of the Nooksack River and no this is not at all about pollution it's about the quantity of water and and can they legally use the water that they need to water their fields, to pasture their cattle, to raise the organic milk that they've now been doing for a, a couple of decades or, or more. Welcome back. This is The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I am your host, Dylan Honkoop with the organization Save Family Farming as well as Whatcom Family Farmers, Skagit Family Farmers, Yakima Family Farmers. We'd love for you to follow us on social media. Uh, Type in any of those names into Facebook and and into Instagram and and, uh, as well as uh, Twitter. Uh, You can follow us there. Thank you to our sponsors for the uh, farming show here as well on KGMI Farmers Equipment Company sponsoring what we do here. This chance to talk about uh, issues that are important to farming in the Pacific Northwest. Um McAvoy Oil Company, uh, as well as Laurel Farm and Western Supply. Uh, appreciate all of those folks for stepping up to the plate and, and supporting this, this weekly conversation we have here about these important issues. Uh, so what's going on with this dairy? Again, in, in the Linden area, organic operation one of the first dairies in this area to to delve into that world of organic more have followed suit since joining us right now owner and and the founder the guy the guy with the vision behind this uh, Hans Wolfesberg. welcome to the program Edelweiss Dairy uh, is the name of the operation right down southeast uh, just southeast of of Linden and you guys have been been organic since what the mid 90s uh,
1: yeah thanks for having me uh not not quite i started since uh in 96 okay. the farm here and has always done the the grazing and was first conventional uh for the first 10 years mm-hmm. and then and, and found an organic market and switched in 05 okay so it has been now 13 years uh, but the mainstay main staple of the farm has always been the grazing aspect right. of it
0: and that's, that's part of being certified organic, right, is that you graze your cattle, what, at least half of the year, calendar-wise?
1: Yeah, that's correct. The uh, minimum uh, that the cows need to be on pasture, on grass, is uh, 120 days. In the growing season, why is so that mandatory
0: for people who aren't familiar with how all this works? Why is that important to organic production? What what are these folks uh, that are interested in buying organic and producing organic? What what are they looking for there?
1: Uh, mainly being cows not confined all year long, so mm-hmm. they have during the growing season uh, access to fresh grass, fresh pasture, and being outdoors and and are easier able to add uh, their natural habits to 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 function as um socialize a little more comfortably and uh, on dirt and pasture than than being on concrete
0: i also understand from, and from, from outside
1: fresh air uh, sunlight yeah just the whole outdoor aspect of it.
0: I understand from some more recent research as well that uh, there are soil health benefits uh, to cattle grazing that uh, people are more and more interested in as well. So not just for the health of the, the cattle, but also potentially for the health of the soil to, to keep uh, ground in a, in a grass sod, um, and, and the, the actual grazing action of animals uh, causes that sod and that grass to be more healthy, interestingly, than, than maybe in some other circumstances it's, it's kind of new stuff, but people are getting more and more into it. So you, you've made this decision to do this. This is all part of it, you know, grazing your animals, um, to be organic and, and to give them the healthy lifestyle that you want and, and all these benefits that you're talking about, obviously to be able to graze them, there has to be some grass for them to eat, Uh, correct (laughs) what is the the grass Mm -hmm. eats nutrient from the animal obviously this is an organic farm so you're not using synthetic fertilizers or anything like that you're using organic fertilizer which probably is all manure manure. yeah Mm -hmm. and then the grass also needs water so those are your main ingredients and and right now you're really struggling with that last ingredient which is water and and without that uh, that's probably making things pretty tough for the dairy explain what's going on with your your water situation you've been able to water your grass and, and your crops for for many years but this year mm-hmm. right now you've basically been shut down why
1: um uh, yeah that's correct in this part of the country and uh as you all know there is there's more or less no rain from i would say Juneish on uh all the way till mm-hmm. end of august early september yeah and that's too long of a period for for to keep thriving with no rain the max you can go without any water rain or irrigation is probably a month or so before it needs a inch or two again on a on a and grass
0: crop like you have on right? the grass yeah. crop yeah. yeah
1: and then um but that's not happening so i have to supplement that with irrigation water and on the farm that I started here or came on 20-some years ago, uh, there is a, 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 a well, an underground well, uh, a shallow, like 10 feet deep well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm utilizing to, or have been till till now, to water my fields and my kind of like my rotation is that it takes me to an intensive rotational grazing system that takes me about 20 days or three weeks to get around and i follow with water behind so every three weeks i put on an inch between an inch and two inches of water to keep a lush grass growth going for the cows to come around the next time three weeks later again to have grass to graze on and without that it just dries up and so,
0: Wait, is, is that situation. what's happening right now your, your grass is just drying to a crisp
1: pretty much yeah hmm. yeah so then uh, and so I utilized that well but the problem with that well is um, it was put in like a lot of wells around here in the I think that was in the 60s 60s or early 70s mm-hmm. and there were no really rights water rights required but then in the 90s, the, I don't know, the Department of Ecology or the Conservation District asked for farmers to sign up for water rights. And so they compiled in the early 90s. A lot of farmers signed up for that and applied for water rights. And there was then a list compiled, but there were never any rights issued. And, and so there is actually no official right on that well. Mm. So... And I heard of a group of farmers that have land along the river here that they got together and hired a law firm from Seattle that is working on getting oh, that the whole group to get an uh, interruptible water right, meaning uh, as long as the minimum inflow level of the river is mm-hmm. high enough, we can pump, and if it drops below that level, that it has to be shut off, and uh, so I I was I joined that group, and that was granted about three years ago, and they monitored that on on the website that the river flow and and the minimum inflow rate, and then so by it looked by June, yeah, sometimes early June on. The flow is too low, so we're not allowed to utilize that water out of the river for yeah. the rest of the season. So that's when we need the water from June, July, August on. And um, so it was kind of useless uh, water source. So I kept using my well to still water my fields. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, last year, or it this year now, then um, the, the tribe. Uh, filed a complaint to the department of ecology saying that i utilize uh, river water without any um without because the river is too low i need to shut my gun off I'm uh, watering illegally and, and then um so so yeah that's when it became an issue and then they they um i mentioned to the department of ecology that i'm using my well not my, not the river and there then their response was i don't have a right for my well either so i do have to shut my water off
0: and so at this point basically what you're describing is you've tried any way that you possibly can to secure and and make sure that you're you're obtaining your water that you need to water the grass for your your you know organic mm-hmm. you know field raised you know pastured cattle And there is no way right now for you to legally do the right thing and and keep your grass watered and your operation running because of the grass that you feed your cows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then through that, if there's no water, uh, no grass growing, uh, I just have to supplement it with hay, right, Uh, and feed it in the barn. And that then is then a... from the com- uh, econ- economics point of view, mm-hmm. is a very costly way of operating. Uh, so, and especially for organic pasture, uh, I have to supplement that. There's no harvesting cost in it, right? Like to right. silage, you haul it in. There's harvesting cost and storage cost before it's being put in front of the cow. Versus in pasture, the cows go get it. There's no cost involved for the harvesting of, of pasture. So it's a very valuable feed source for me. And I have to supplement that then with organic alfalfa hay, which is running about $300 a ton.
0: That's expensive. And and that's probably something that people don't think about either. I mean, hay already is fairly expensive, but mm-hmm. you can't just get on any old hay. You need to maintain your, your uh, organic certification, so you need to be feeding organic... Hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it just kind of snowballs from there, all the things that this starts to affect. Now from a, and by the way, we're talking with Hans Wolfesberg right now. Uh, Edelweiss uh, dairy out uh, southeast of, of Linden, struggling right now because he basically has been shot off of access to water that he needs to, to uh, water his grass grass he needs to feed his cows because he's trying to to run an organic operation from the big picture perspective here, I mean, how much more efficient is it to water the grass there on your land? And like you said, have the cows go out and eat it, which is good for them. It's good for the soil. Uh, it does not require uh, feed to be grown elsewhere and harvested and trucked and all of the inefficiencies that and costs that go along with that as well as the environmental impact. I mean, even if you want to talk about climate change, uh, the carbon footprint of your feed goes way, way up. It just mm-hmm. makes uh, the most sense. Uh, to be doing what you, you you want to do right there. But this water issue is, is keeping you from being environmentally responsible, essentially.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, and uh, one major issue I feel we have to explore is uh, where is the critical level in the river, the river flow? Yeah. When was it established? Who established that? What, were, what was the science behind it? and um and i'm i'm very much for um preserving the environment and 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 have habitat for for wildlife mm-hmm. and but then it's uh, but then how where where is that point where we where we can utilize our resources for agriculture and any other purposes without harming and and um the the environment and 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 that has to be explored more i think where uh, where is that point and how do we study what kind of studies we need to do in which direction we need to go That go with that and and who needs to be involved in and and who has yeah Get all the stakeholders involved in it. And,
0: I think you're exactly and, right in all of that. And and the sad part is it needs to be about the science, and it needs to be about the science from, from a big-picture perspective, a holistic perspective on the entire system. But uh, sadly, science is being cherry-picked in specific cases and for political reasons, and that's kind of led us to the situation that we are right now. In terms of background for folks, uh, water and the amount of water in a salmon bearing Stream. That's a habitat issue for salmon, uh, especially the endangered Chinook salmon and other species. Um, so these in-stream flows uh, rules were established uh, 30 years ago um, uh, because if there's not enough water, the idea again is that these fish don't have as much room to live, to breed, to uh, rear young salmon to send back out to the ocean and continue that life cycle, which makes a lot of sense. The question is, are those levels at the right spot? Does this uh, does the science actually support um, some of the levels that have been established? And then if a farmer like Hans Wolfesburg, who we're talking to here, is drawing water from a well, is that well actually dropping the, the level of water in the river? Even uh, surface water withdrawals, which have been reduced significantly over the last 20 and 30 years as more and more people have transferred their water rights uh, from the streams to where they're pumping from wells instead of the streams. Even that, i mean, what does that amount to and what impact does that have on these in-stream flows the way it is right now? And there are a lot of people who fall into this category with junior water rights, interruptible water rights, as you talked about, Hans, uh, along the river there. Uh, when the river gets to a certain point, they can't water anymore. Their crops start to dry out is that level that they're forced to shut down is that fair now of course we want to make sure it's it's the right thing and and if there's literally not enough water we shouldn't be going beyond that but if the science doesn't support that level and there indeed is enough water to support salmon as well as watering crops in an efficient way then we need to be able to to be doing that uh and i think that's kind of the question that you're asking here is is who's figured this all out and and is this really being done in a fair way that, that looks at the big picture and, and make sure we're doing the best thing for the environment on all accounts, not just on one cherry picked number that may be arbitrary.
1: Yeah, correct. And it's also for me as a observer, I know I, I live along the river and my farm is along the river and I walk out to check on cows and see the river daily, couple of times. And so I'm, I, I, uh, visually see the the level of the water of the river mm. and and uh, all of us here in agriculture we irrigate we use water for irrigation through probably the end of august and then then this the end of the season then everybody shuts off but the river still drops from then on mm-hmm. there's still less and less water in the river all through september until it starts we start having some heavier rains again and then the flow starts to increase but even with no irrigation, the, the river is still dropping quite a bit. And the the level in the river is still dropping quite a bit. But then the, there's still enough, apparently still enough water for fish to thrive and survive. So, and, and another thing is also what, what we irrigate in July and August doesn't affect the flow of the river in September. Right, exactly. Because... Because whatever the, ro- the, the water that water that floats past my farm here now has been snow 24 hours earlier, maybe 36 hours earlier, it goes so fast, it goes past my place, and there's another 12 hours, and it's out in the bay and yep. gone. So yep. it's a very short-term thing. It's not that what we what we the water we use for irrigation here in in July June July August is affecting the the river flow in september so and so through that too is then questioning is that high level of where we're we supposed to shut off is that really is is what science is there science is there behind and how can we yeah
0: exactly and these yeah. are some very important questions and and questions that uh, affect the future of farming in the nooksack valley uh here in whatcom county uh, what what does this mean for the future of your operation right now I mean the, this this has to be kind of a pretty big deal for the survival of your farm I would think
1: well yeah it's then uh, um because I'm a good chunk is along the river here so it's a fairly sandy soil and so without water it dries up fairly quickly so then from end of june early july on i would have to supplement hay there's no grass growing anyway so then it's all of july august and september depends how soon we get rain again and make it some fall growth again but if it doesn't rain till mid or end of september then there's no really fall growth anymore so it's up to three months almost 100 days of of uh, hay that i have to feed instead of of pasture and the current rate is about $300 per ton of alfalfa hay, good quality alfalfa hay. And I, I would need about a ton, ton and a half. So it would be in the $400 hmm. range per day that I have to supplement hay for. So up to 100 days, that's then in the thirty forty dollars $40,000 range for, for a smaller farm like yeah, mine. Yeah, that's Two.
0: incredibly so, significant. Man. What, what? What could it mean for uh, will will your your operation Adelice Dairy be able to survive this?
1: Well, I, uh, I don't know that. Yeah. We and, all hope for uh, the best because this yeah. it
0: makes sense that you should that you should continue farming responsibly the way that you have. There needs to be some kind of remedy for this situation, as you've pointed out, because it mm-hmm. it's just certainly in the again from the big picture perspective does not make sense for this to choke you out of business, and it's 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 uh, from my perspective quite unfair and again missing the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish there with your organic dairy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other. Uh, side also is then the value of the property right there's prime farmland it's in it grows incredible amount of feed and great quality feed but if there's no water be allowed to put on then it's very very low value so then the my investment on on, in the Hmm. farm is gonna drop dramatically too right so then this and so it's a um has has um, quite a few different aspects to the whole
0: In- issue. Incredibly frustrating, and, and your story is special because of the things that have happened with um, the water and the history of water use on your property, and because you're an organic operation, but uh, f- from uh, a lot of other dairies dealing with the same thing, they're also very... Uh, <laughs> concerned about their future because of this, this water issue um, where they are going through similar stories again with different caveats Mm -hmm. than what you're going through right now. And, and, and this is an issue that, that leaders uh, in Whatcom County here continue to work on and need to iron out. There are state issues here that need to be dealt with as well. Department of ecology and things like the Hearst decision and the foster decision and other, other issues going on. We hope that it can get ironed out and the right thing can be done Uh, to both protect fish and protect farming uh, and family farming like you're doing, organic family farming like you're doing there at Edelweiss Dairy. Hans Wolfesberg. thanks for your time this morning. We're out of time for now, but we appreciate you uh, telling us this story. Keep us updated on on this because, again, this is an issue for you and, and so many others right now. It's really important.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.